0: Yeah. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now
1: Baby. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline Now back to the Gabe Coon Show Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios Baby. On 92.9 FM ESPN we street, we on your block and it's like a ghost
0: town for a post-week zero visit with the associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. That would be Harold Grader on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Harold Grader. Harold, how's it going? How was your weekend? Great to see you. We all survived
2: week zero. And, you know, I know people were talking, eh, it's week zero. There's not that many great games. It was
0: ball. Yeah, of course. Any, and I thought it was awesome. Anything works. Anything works. It was great. Well, uh, your travels took you to uh, across the state, Nashville. Yeah, How about had a, that? Had a chance to go over to
2: Nashville for the Hawaii Vanderbilt game, which was an interesting experience. Entertaining. They've got uh, both end zones under construction. Uh, they have a temporary video board that they suspend from these two huge cranes in one of the end zones. Had a lightning delay for about an hour and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite the extravaganza, and you got a little bit of a feel. It was uh, for for Vandy. It was kind of an ebb and flow, uh, up and down kind of game for them. Uh, closer than I thought it would be, but you, but you give it to Timmy Chang and, yep. and the Hawaii team, and but you see the makings. And, and continue progress, I think, overall of the Vanderbilt program, and that's what Clark Lee's trying to do over there. And I think that's what's giving the Vanderbilt faithful hope and excitement for the coming year. So all good. It was all good, and it was great to uh, uh, see the folks for Vandy. The uh, leadership from the SEC was there, so I had a chance to visit with. Uh, Commissioner Sankey and nice. all of his uh, right-hand men, uh, Mark Womack, uh, David Cutcliffe, who now is on staff, uh, who handles the coaches uh, on Monday mornings when they want to call into the league office and complain. So uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And
0: uh, uh, here we're off now to week one. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you, you did tell me this. This is off air, but I have to bring it to air because yeah. I find it very interesting. You said Hawaii obviously traveled into town. And it's a five time zone difference, or maybe yeah, even more five than hour, that. Five hour five, with, the, with the multiple time zones. Yeah, yes. going from Hawaii time to Central time. Did you tell me they have a sleep? They have a, a, a sleep coach, if you will. Yeah, a, a sleep analyst yeah. that tells that they, they have a beeper on them that says they have to go to sleep at some point when they travel like that.
2: Yeah, when I was talking to their AD, Craig Angelos, you know, I, I asked him, "When did you guys get to Nashville?" I thought, well, maybe Thursday, a couple of days ahead. You know, the typical road trip is the day before the game. But knowing that travel, maybe they came in a bit early. They left Hawaii last Tuesday night, got to Nashville. It was Wednesday morning, central time. And this is what Craig said to this sleep coach. They have a sleep coach, sleep therapist that traveled with the team. Players wore monitors that would tell them when to go to sleep because they wanted to keep their bodies on Hawaii time. And as we went through this lightning delay, right. he kiddingly said, boy, if we kick this thing off at midnight central, that's fine because that's like 6 or 7 <laughs> o'clock back at home. Our guys would be yes. right in prime time. But uh, that was interesting. And, uh, you know, we, we hear about that, that time travel issue uh, about – and, you know, Pac-12 teams or right. going to the Big Ten and all of that stuff. And the Hawaii ADs Hawaii are, says, y'all
0: are soft. We
2: do that every week for <laughs> yeah. all of our teams. He says, you know, it's five hours uh, from Hawaii to California. That's the nearest point for right. them to go compete, whether it's girls volleyball they, or whatever. They stay out there for the most yeah. part. They stay on the, yeah, le- the left side they of do. the map. Five they, or six they, hour difference. And they try to. I uh, have as many activities and games scheduled at, at home of course who doesn't mind a trip to Hawaii but uh, it was interesting to hear uh, the the issues and the challenges that a team like Hawaii has
0: to deal with and, and deals with uh, when they travel um, now speaking of travel that uh, yeah. that Navy Navy Notre Dame game was not I mean, it ended how I sort of expected it to end. Yeah. I didn't think that Navy was going to stick in there. And I, I loved all of the discussion about Navy and, oh, this changing offense. This ch- they, they, They'd thrown some wrinkles in there. It was the same thing. I, did, I didn't see anything different. It was a triple option. <laughs> yeah. They ran it right at them. Um, but I have to say, Notre Dame, 13th-ranked team in the nation, Sam Hartman looked dang good. Sam he Hartman looked great. Looked really, looked really good. Four touchdowns, 19
2: of 23, 251 on his stats. And take it with a grain of salt a little bit right. because of the competition. And uh, we really won't see Notre Dame uh, with some competition until maybe a couple of weeks. They have Tennessee State uh, on the second. That's followed by a road game at North Carolina State. Uh, then finally Ohio State October 3rd. So we're about a month away, give or take, from when we'll really see what Notre Dame has. So, yeah. But,
0: First blush, coming out of the box, hey, look pretty good. It's better than any quarterback situation they had last year between Tyler yeah. Buckner and Drew Pine and all these different guys they yep. tried to run out there. Sam Hartman has brought some. It looks like a at least for one year, a little bit of stabilization yep. of that that offense where, where they really liked. I mean, they've they, especially under Tommy Reese, they turn around, and hand the ball off. They can they can put it through the air and feel very confident about what they can do there. And they tuned it up really really well on Saturday. Yep. And then USC—that's the other story, of course. Yeah. That's the other top fifteen team, um, offensively. Expected what we expected there, and I think San Jose State is better than people will give credit. Brent Brennan, that coach out there, has done a really good job with that team year after year. San Jose State has never been good, and they've been winning seven, five wow. to seven games a year. You should you should respect that when it comes to uh, you know a coach being able to do that at San Jose State, but USC yeah. defensively. Twenty-eight points again. They, uh, I, I can already hear the national media members talking about Lincoln Riley and what to expect from a team. He, he still has Alex Grinch as a DC. It's always that defense that seems to put them in a in a tough spot. It does, but the offense covers for them. yes, and
2: no doubt. Th- you know the the reigning Heisman uh, Trophy winner. Looked like the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Had another good game. Caleb did, and and again, when you when you talk about Lincoln's teams, you know what? I, I think that's just him, and yep. his and his his ball clubs are going to look like that. I think mm-hmm. he, he has that history going back to the Big Twelve, his days at Oklahoma. Nothing really's changed, but you know what? At well, the end nothing. Of the day, he, hasn't, he hasn't made
0: any coaching switches yeah. either. I mean, yeah. as far as defensive coordinator, he's stuck by Alex Grinch this entire yeah. time, and you just sort of yeah. wonder at what point. Uh, you 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 thought at what point is is enough going to be enough and still there twenty eight points though and gave up a lot of yards to San Jose State and and this is supposed to be a very an improved wow. group they've spent a lot – and I I know this is a changing landscape of college football they've spent a lot of money on that side of the ball this off season
2: it all goes back to the offense though yep with, with Lincoln. every time every time and you know it, it's kind of like uh, maybe not the 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 same but similar I would say. At UT with with Josh, with Josh Heupel? Yep. Okay. Just be good we, we, enough. We, yeah, we hope the defense is just good enough, but we're just going to outscore you. Yep. Yep. You you got to stop us. Yep. And I think that with those two guys, I, I think that's kind of uh, the mentality and the approach, and it works for both of them.
0: Did you, by chance, get to see that true freshman Zachariah Branch? He had a punt return. He had a long uh, uh, catch for a touchdown. They had him running the ball at one point. He had a 12-yard run, uh, and he's a true freshman, 5'10", 175 out of Las Vegas. This kid, I mean, he looks – He's fun to watch. He, he's electric. He's electric. He's got some good wiggle out there on the edge. That's going to be a fun guy to watch for USC this entire year. And they have a lot of guys returning in that wide receiver room, but it looks like the true freshman may be the, yeah. the real steal here. And let's hope USC has some
1: games on a –
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. That's bad, and, and, and it it kind of highlights a little bit of the reason we're in the situation we're in now, yeah. right? The fact that no yeah. one no one can go watch those games. games. Or lack thereof. Yes, and Pac-12 Network, that's just that's very frustrating because I wanted to see the game. Yeah. I really did, and I, I don't think anybody got to watch it. And did you see some of the seats? I, I There was a seat that they sold where you can only see from about the 10-yard line in. On one of the end zones. They have some of those in the Coliseum, some block seats. But somebody made the point. That's still 10 more yards worth of ball that we didn't get to see (laughs) on the TV. So there is that. There you go. Now, week one, a little look ahead. What what storylines are you sort of following closest in week one?
2: You know, I'm intrigued by the Florida-Utah game on Thursday night. Yep. See what Billy Napier and the Gators have. Uh, they need to ramp it up. You know, Utah is going to be tougher than a nickel steak, and you know, so Florida will find out early. Engage. What do they have, and what do they still need to work on?
0: One of the interesting things about this game, Cam Rising, their starting quarterback. I think eight months ago had the ACL surgery he had to go through. I wonder who's going to end up starting at quarterback, because I, I that 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 yeah. could be a massive swing and how we view this game. And I know it's at Utah, though, so that'll be, yeah. that'll be tough in general for Florida. So
2: that'll be fun Thursday night. Then, then looking ahead to the weekend, obviously uh, some rival games, uh, one of them being in North Carolina and South Carolina. Uh, game day. Game day. A lot of points. Yep. I'd not imagine. a whole lot of defense. But you know what? That's fun. That's fun yep. to watch. I like a couple the, of really
0: good quarterback. Love that. Love that quarterback uh, over at uh, North Carolina. Drake May. Yeah. He is so good. And 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 I've been hearing good things about Rattler. Even though we've seen the up and down sort that's of trajectory right. he's taken in his his college football career, seems to have settled out a little bit
2: and played at a much higher level last year. And I think that's what they're counting on. I think Shane Beamer certainly counting on him to be the leader. Uh, so that'll be a fun game. It was it was a close game last year. I think it'll be another close one this this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Now LSU Florida State. LSU that's got for- that's that's that seems like the headliner. Holy cow! Two teams that what that not only want but expect
2: to make the playoff this yep. year. And obviously it's week one. Uh, the loser's not going to be out, but the resume the resume takes a little bit of a hit there. This one is going to be a blast. Yeah, uh, Really looking forward to it. Again, we're talking about quarterbacks in that North Carolina game. Quarterbacks in this one.
0: Yes. I, I pretty agree. good ones. Two really good ones. Um, I, I Florida State, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle themselves. I think we'll learn a lot about Florida State game one. Because LSU last year was kind of strange. They started slow, and by the end of the year they were picking up yep. steam. I wonder if we'll see something similar, but they do have a lot of returners. Uh, but Florida State has to show that they are college football playoff worthy early. I think LSU is getting more love in that yes. conversation.
2: And, and, and rightfully so. Uh, I, I think this one's going to be close as well. Um, and again, you know, tip of the cap to our, our good friend Mike Norvell and the job that he's doing down there at FSU. And the fact no that the leadership down there, Michael Offer, the AD, uh, has been patient with them. Yep. They knew the hole they were digging out of and – the issues that they were dealing with from the predecessor, um, so so good for Mike, and now yep. he's got that team to a point where they're in the national championship, the playoff conversation, and this one's going to be a blast.
0: Yes, this is uh, Sunday night, right? It, yep, and you are you are correct on the uh, the the. the Higher ups, they're sticking by Mike because at yeah. the beginning that that was ugly for a second. Yeah, you know, they, uh, and that that always tends to happen. I can tell you from experience. You have one coach to another coach, and all of the former coach's players are still there yeah. th- that he recruited. There's going to be some type of rejection of of the new regime.
2: You know, and and, and Michael the AD uh, knew what he was hiring. That's his guy, right? And he. W- not only was willing, but you know he knew that he was going to have to stick by him. There going to be some. There were going to be some uh, bumpy roads there early. They've gotten through that. So again, now as we uh, go to the start of the twenty three season, you got a team that's in the
0: national championship conversation. Mm-hmm. Talking with Harold Grader, the associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Now uh, Colorado and Coach Prime. I'm curious your <laughs> thoughts here. I haven't got to talk to you about this, but yeah. they are going to be a new member of a conference that you guys represent yeah. over there at the Autos of Liberty Bowl, the Big 12. Yeah, they'll be coming over to the Big 12 uh, next year in
2: 24. And after the offseason and all the sh- the showbiz stuff, whatever you want to call the circuit, yeah. it's a circuit. Yeah, it was a, a lot. There. It was a lot. There has been almost a total turnover of that Colorado.
0: Did roster. you see the final number of, no, of I gonna, how many? I, I 86 not, 80. new players. 86 there's only you're only allowed 85 scholarship players 86 new players on that roster and I, I
2: think everybody that's going to be on that field against TCU is probably going to be a new face yes, to that football team yes it has team. to be so a so literally a totally new team so after all of that it will be interesting to see what the product looks like and the fact that 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 there is that virtually 100% turnover yeah. or is 100% turnover it seems what does a what does an all transfer team look like? Right. How do they play? And, you know, and coming out of the out of the blocks, Gabe. You know, I don't expect them uh, to look like a team yet. Yep. But they'll have talent we'll out there. See. Well, they'll have talent, and to me, that's where the 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 word coach and coach prime comes into play. Mm-hmm. Can they coach these guys up? Yep. Or is he just, you know, all about the the, the, flare, yeah. the, the flash and yeah. uh, all of that stuff? Um, this week, TCU, pretty good football team. Yep. Uh, obviously, uh, new quarterback there. Uh, but you're playing, Colorado playing at TCU. Uh, Fort Worth, tough place to play. Um, so I, I think the Horned Frogs will win. But obviously, the... The the attraction there for a lot of folks, myself included, is just to see what does the football product at at Colorado actually look like.
0: Yeah, 21-and-a-half-point dogs Colorado yeah. is this week. So yeah. there is that. And I, I I am curious, sort of, yeah, I know that Colorado's been really bad for most of the 21st century. And heck, I grew up a fan. My dad went there. Yeah. So, I like, I have seen how bad, especially after Gary Barnett, it turned out being. I mean, you've yeah. had – John Embry and Dan Hawkins and all these, just a rotated, yep. ridiculous amount of coaches. The only one who had success was Mike McIntyre for just a yeah. moment. I think he had a 10-win season, uh, but he had a bunch of talent on that team. But I do wonder, with how rebuilt this roster is, what, like, what are the actual expectations? Because people will say, oh, well, they were 1-11 last year. Well, this is a completely different roster with a lot more talent. What should the bar be now in year one under Prime? I I, I can't imagine it's oh just two wins and you're good. No that 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 doesn't seem that doesn't seem fair.
2: If I was a Colorado fan, I think I would answer that question. But I want them to be competitive.
0: Let's and also let's get into a bowl game. Maybe maybe
2: maybe figure out a way to win six (laughs) to a bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. Figure out a way to win five. I think they'd be pretty okay with all of that. that, All the stuff off the field, all the showbiz, the turnover in. In the roster, there's obviously a huge amount of excitement around that program, and and no one's better than creating excitement yep. around a program than than uh, than Dion. Um, but I would think that the Colorado expectation is number one have a competitive product because we haven't had that in a long time, right. as you said, and then you know, hopefully the team progresses. Talking about an all transfer lineup, yep getting better each week, build it up, and hopefully figure out a way to win five, six games, hopefully for them, six, and be bowl eligible.
0: Yeah, it, it, there was a time where coaches would get the leeway of, okay, you get three classes, three yeah. recruiting classes. Now with the transfer portal and everything yeah. else, you don't get that. Nope. You don't. You, you, you can bring in immediate transfer help. Yeah, Go get that immediate transfer help. Turn it around quick. That, that is the expectation oh, yeah. now. Yeah, the,
2: the days of, of a new coach and a new coaching staff getting those three years, no. Yep. That window, maybe two. <laughs> maybe. And in some cases, and it depends you're, where you're at. It depends, yeah, where, you're it depends at. On where you're at. Yeah. And in some cases, it's now. Yes.
0: You got to yeah. win now. Yep. None of this, you got to build, no. Now it's all accentuated. Yeah, it's all accentuated. It's incredible. Now uh, I mentioned Colorado and uh, and Prime and yeah uh, that, that athletic department heading to the Big Twelve. I sort of with your ties. I haven't got to ask you um, about the the remade Big Twelve. That ties at the autos on Liberty Bowl. You guys yeah. work hand in hand with them. Like what what are your feelings on the remade conference? And also, I think most people are in lockstep on this, but I definitely want to get your opinion. What do you think of the job Brett Yormark's done?
2: I think he's done a great job. Uh, coming out of the blocks with them, uh, you know, I go back to his introductory news conference at Media Day a year ago when he said, we are open for business. Right. Now, that meant a lot of things. Most people focused on on realignment or expansion of the conference, but that meant multiple things to him, and we have seen that uh, come to fruition with him, Num- number one, yes, uh, expansion, you know, they had they had already the league had already added, you know, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF yep. for this year. Brett and the leadership throughout the conference added uh, those Pac-12 schools. So starting in 24, we've got Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah coming in. Texas OU leave, so that leaves them with a net number of 16 teams in 2024. Obviously. Those teams are in the mix for right. us. Makes it nice and exciting and, and some fresh opportunities there. Uh, and, you know, the, the commissioner, again, in addition to his we're open for business statement last year, he made it very clear that he had and continues to have a vision for the Big 12. That cooler, hipper, younger, yep. want to uh, want to appeal to a younger demographic. And, you know, he's a Northeast guy. Yeah. Got to keep that in mind. And he has an NBA background, an entertainment background, and we're seeing that. You know, they went to uh, Rucker Park in in New York this summer with basketball right in the heart of New York for – you know, to, to to promote the the Big Twelve basketball brand, uh, and then you know, just a week or so ago, uh, they announced that the halftime show for for uh, for the for the uh, Big Twelve championship game, Nelly yeah. is going to perform yeah. at halftime. Now, I can tell you, they've never had anybody like that <laughs> yes. perform at the Big Twelve championship yeah. game. So again. Credit to him and the aggressiveness and and the and the big piece that, that I haven't even mentioned, uh, Gabe is, is the TV deal. Yep, he totally outsmarted, outmaneuvered the guys in the Pac-12. Yep, he knew if if they had done everything chronologically, the Pac was the next up yep. as far as when is the contract up. But your mark, being the aggressive guy he is, and he yep. is aggressive, he is nonstop. Yes. He's he's you know some have described he's that guy running around with his hair on fire yeah. and, but but in a good way and you better keep up cuz he's going. Mm-hmm. And he jumped out there, got the Big 12 a their TV deal done and there was his competitors on the west coast and they're twiddling their thumbs and, and we see what the ultimate result right. of that has been. The Big 12 has not only stabilized, they have grown, they've added some great brands to the conference, and we will be the beneficiary of that at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. But kudos all the way around to the job that Brett Yormark has done
0: in his first year as commissioner of the Big 12. When we talk about conference commissioners, I think Greg Sankey's always going to be at the top. And I understand yep. the guy at the with the Big Ten, Tony Petit, yep. he's brand new, so it's kind of hard to put him yep. on this list. I put Brett Yormark right there under, under Greg Sankey right now. The foresight he's had, the, there was a time right when Texas and Oklahoma left where— Everyone was making jokes about the Big Twelve folding in on yeah. itself, collapsing like we're seeing the Pac-12 yep. do, and he found a way, found a way because yeah. he had foresight through this entire process. I am I'm just overly impressed with Brett Yormark, oh, yeah. and and people can you know, again I understand that people can be turned off by the changing landscape of college football as a whole, but Brett Yormark did best yeah. by his conference. That's all you can do. That's right, absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, what, what do you? I mean. Of the, the the rivalries that could be created, the the conference in general. Do you do you sort of like the the teams they've added? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Uh, now obviously, some of those
2: Western we we have had Western teams. Right, we've had BYU in in, in in our game. Now I'm trying to think back over the history. Arizona, Arizona State, no. Colorado, yes, but yep. that was way back in the '60s when R- Ralphie you know, they, Ralphie did a little Ralphie, spin. Ralphie yeah. made an appearance. The early days of uh, the the stadium here uh, in in Memphis, um, Utah. We've had Utah yep. in the past, so we have a history with some of those mountain and West Coast teams, uh, Western Time Zone or Pacific Time Zone teams. We have a history there, but if- and and ultimately, when it comes to a bowl game, Gabe, you know, from a fan perspective, it's about the destination, and I will put Memphis up. Uh, as a travel destination up against yep. just about anybody. Now obviously we don't have the beaches and all that kind of stuff, but if you're a music person, you're a foodie person, yeah. and you want to just total do a head dive into all of that <laughs> with the great <laughs> food scene it. here and what we have to offer uh, from a from a tourist destination, Memphis is a great destination for a ball game for fans, especially if you haven't haven't been here, it's been or it's been years and years and years since you've been here. So we're excited about those opportunities yep. and uh, seeing what that looks like. It's always cool to
0: attract new teams that you that you absolutely. new fan bases that you've never fresh. gotten. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um now last thing for you. I yeah. saw this, I saw this sort of on the way in this morning, but the Big Ten's gonna do sort of availability reports is what yeah. they're calling them, injury reports yeah. the day before a game. Do you think that the rest of college football ought to adopt this?
2: You know, I, I think as as the gambling piece continues to evolve, that's the big piece I think to me. They're going to be forced, maybe forced to do that. Maybe they'll do it willingly as well. When you see issues, as we have seen this past year, you know, uh, you know the the baseball situation, the Iowa Alabama, Iowa State, the Ugh. Iowa Iowa State stuff. You know, it's it's the NFL model. Yep. Uh, the The NFL ultimately. Embraced gambling, gaming, yep. whatever terminology you want to use, at college athletics are there as well. Uh, gaming, gambling is now legal in most states. If maybe not, certainly not all yet, uh, but it, it's a big part of our society now. So you'll you'll want to do what you can, the controllables to. Prevent any shenanigans going yep. on, and, and and you know from having played uh, that the injuries and having that inside information on injuries—it's huge, it's massive. it's massive. Yeah, it's massive. So I, to be transparent about things takes the hopefully for them a hundred percent of the of the questionability away from that. Yep. Uh, so be transparent. I think I'm all for it. Uh, they've jumped out there. They've committed to it. And I think eventually uh, we'll see all the conferences do that.
0: I think Brian Kelly originally made the point earlier this off season about, hey, we want to do an injury report because we don't want inside information going out to everybody yeah. else. Let's just be upfront yep. on the for- on the front end so we don't run into these issues. And it, it, we're going to run into more issues. It's inevitable with 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 all the betting scandals that have shocked us this this off season. Um, it's just going to keep coming, and that's unfortunate to me. I mean, I, I hate to see that. Right. Well,
2: yeah. you want it for the integrity of the game, and right. uh, you know, keep the game and the competition as pure and not be affected by outside forces or or uh, anything on the outside. I mean, the NCAA and too this is a good good step towards
0: that. In those school, I mean, they got to draw that line in the sand. Yeah. Those guys from Iowa and Iowa State that were betting on their own games, I. I I don't want to punish a kid as much as, you know, I don't want to punish a twenty, a 19, 20-year-old and affect his life going into the future. But you knew what you were doing was wrong. I almost feel as if those kids should lose all their eligibility moving forward. You have to draw that line in the sand so these things get cut, nipped in the bud.
2: Yep. I, I can't
0: – will i, I got to agree with that. Yeah, no question. Yeah, absolutely. No, no question. Absolutely. But, Harold, great stuff as always. We'll do Thank it again you, next sir. week. After week one, we'll have a lot more. A bigger slate. Bigger slate. Can't wait for for it. And we'll we'll see the Tigers play a little bit. I don't know how much we'll learn from Bethune-Cookman. But, hey, we get to see the Tigers play. Absolutely. All for that. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. But he is the Associate Executive Director of the Autos on Liberty Bowl. Harold Grader on X at Harold Grader. Now, we need to go ahead and get to the Blitz. We'll do that next right here on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN.